0: Welcome to another episode of the Transfer News Central 15 Minutes of Football Podcast. I'm Johnny Bentley, your host. James is here. Hi,
1: everyone. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. uh, I suppose we could go straight in. Um, Talk on Sheffield United. Talk on FA Cup. Talk on European results, and also uh, top five strikers as well uh, in the division. So that sort of rounds off all of the uh, all of the five positions, which is quite. Uh, that's quite a good way to finish, actually. Now, so we'll start with actually what I said at the start. We'll start with Sheffield United, actually, and the, and the problems problem mm-hmm. season, and yeah, they've been in a oh, yeah, just crap. So they just fell off the table, just pretty much like metaphorical of Sheffield United's season as they have fallen down the Premier League table uh, quite viciously with only two points this season, it's been quite a dour yeah. second season in the Premier League, second season syndrome in many ways um, I suppose I'll, I'll get your thoughts first James what would, you, what would you attribute that down to mainly because there's a lot of contributing factors but is there anything for you that stands out over the others?
1: Well there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I think it's happened before, we've had this before where a promoted side comes up and does really well above expectations and blows everyone away. Maybe because they're new and different tactics or new players or just you know, um, and go on a good run. And then the second season, mm. when they found out and they don't have a plan B and you know, uh, and maybe they can't recruit you know, the real top players. Uh, mm. Yeah, they struggle because. And Sheffield United, uh, I mean, it happened to Ipswich. I remember Ipswich got promoted and finished fifth, and then they got relegated the next season, or nearly relegated. Um, Mm. Yeah, and so it it can happen. Uh, Sheffield United were incredible last season. Their tactics caught people out. Um, They had great spirit, great character, good manager. Mm. I Mm. still think he's a good manager. Mm. Uh, And did really well. Overachieved, overachieved a lot last season. Nobody expected them to finish in the top half. And at one point they looked like they could even qualify for the Champions League. You know, it was it was getting to that, you know, I mean that was that would have been incredible if they'd done that. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and he was a good shout and Chris Wilder was a good shout for manager of the year. So Mm -hmm. yeah, this year I think people have figured it out, figured them out and I think um they've lost a bit of confidence and they've had a bit of bad luck. As well, there's some games where they've lost by one goal where they could easily have got a draw or even nicked it. Um and the problem is they don't have that strength in depth, they haven't really added any anything really fresh or different to the team. Uh Uh, and so yeah, it's been difficult for them. Uh and I feel sorry for them, you know, because I think they're a well I think they're a good club, well run club, good manager. Mm -hmm. They've got a good squad. I think you know, I don't think um, this is a reflection on the manager. Mm. Uh, you know, I think I still think Chris Wild is a great manager and done a really good job there. You know, he got them up. I think he's got them up two divisions, not just one. Is that right? I think that's right. <laughs> and then last season, you know, in the Premier League. So I don't think they'll sack him and they shouldn't. Um, I mean, there's no point in now anyway. They're going to get relegated <laughs> no matter what they do, unless they, unless they show championship winning form, like, you know, Premiership yeah. winning form, which they won't. Uh, they're they're going to get relegated, and then I think the sensible thing for them to do now is plan the championship. Uh, so, in any recruitment that they do, or any whatever you know, anything they do now, they they can even experiment with tactics. They could, they can try things out because there's no there's no there's no risk anymore because they're going to get relegated, mm. uh, and because they're such a well-run club financially, I think they'll be okay financially as well. I don't think it'll be a problem for them in that respect. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of, it's a combination of things and uh, yeah, um, they haven't, they've, they've never stopped fighting. They've never stopped um, giving the effort on the pitch. They haven't locked their heads, haven't gone down in terms of commitment because a Chris Wilder team wouldn't ever fail a lack of commitment. So uh, yeah. Uh, and having two years in the Premier League, it's more than people thought they would have. People thought they would get relegated last year. Yeah, so I,
2: yeah.
1: um, I hope they get more points than they've got than just the mm. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they're playing Chelsea soon, so I hope that doesn't start against Chelsea. No, no. Um yeah. But um, I hope they get a few points on the board before the end of the season. You know, I,
0: th- I think the next game against Newcastle is poss- a possible win- winning one because I, do- I haven't thought much of Newcastle for a long time. And uh, I think they can so- so- certainly use that as maybe a let's get our first victories at home as well. Then, well, that's still without Saint-Maximin, Maximan,
2: yeah.
0: is suffering from long COVID. So I think there's something there. I mean, you're right, it's a combination of things, Things really. Um, I look at the the recruitment that hasn't been good enough, but it's not because the money hasn't been spent. I mean, people say, oh, they just need a pers- the striker who can score goals. But the club spent over £60 million on strikers, got Brewster in. Of uh, twenty f- roughly twenty five million, then you bring in Bur- McBurney as well and Lise Mousset for about roughly forty million combined. So when you spend that much in one area, you, you know you've got. I don't know where you point the finger. Do you point it to Chris Wilder? Do you point it to recruitment? Somewhere in the middle, I'm not sure, but it, it it's not for a want of for a lack of finances. I don't think we can. You can easy. It's an easy thing to say. I think. Oh. You know the club haven't spent as much as other clubs, so they're destined to be in this languishing position at the bottom of the table. But it's a, it's a lie, really, because they've spent quite a lot in the forward areas. They spent twenty million pound to replace Dean Henderson, who went back to, to Manchester United after his loan spell. And twenty million pound on on Aaron Ramsdale. Xander like Berger cost over twenty million pounds. So it's you know I think they have spent yeah, quite a bit of money. Spent-
1: in- yeah, mm. I, I rate Sander as well. I think he's a really promising young player.
0: I, th- I feel like he's a player who's, uh, yeah, he is. He's very good on the ball. Technically very sound, very physical as well. Difficult almost because it, it, it's a Sheffield United team. I'm not saying that they've got a lot of good people who are quite good on the ball, but he stands out as an individual in a team maybe where, individ- where it's more about the collective. And I'm not sure it really works. It doesn't work. It doesn't suit him as much... Um, as he might do at other clubs I'd love to see Sander Berger at somewhere like well maybe even Leeds for example or or even Fulham Fulham play some even though they're at the bottom of the table they do like to play nice football under Scott Parker and I think certain certainly look a lot more promising than uh, than Sheffield United do right now so I think it's just yeah I agree with you I think the player's very good in that situation but in but it, but it hasn't really worked for him at Sheffield United. And the others clearly haven't worked because, as I say, you keep rotating your strike force after £60 million has been spent on several players. The goalkeeper who was bought in for £20 million, Ramsdale, is a clear downgrade on Henderson, who was excellent, kept out a lot of expected goals last year. Ramsdale's come in and he's not done that. So he, he, I don't. I think it's not necessarily... I look at Ramsdale and you know he has made one or two mistakes, but he doesn't make a mistake every week. I feel like it's more that he doesn't have enough eight out and eight and nine out of ten games every week. You look at Carl Darlow for Newcastle, week after week after week, he'd make him save after save after save. He's had about four or five man of the matches this season for Newcastle, where he's been the best player. And you don't see that with Ramsdale. You don't see him being an a, a error-prone goalkeeper because he doesn't, He makes the odd error, yes. He doesn't do it every week. But the issue, I think, lies in the fact that he doesn't do enough saves. He doesn't keep the ball out enough in the same way that Carl Darlow has, Nick Pope has, uh, Alphonse Areola has for Fulham. Uh, Martinez for Villa, uh Fabianski for West Ham. Just to just to name a few there. I mean they these are goalkeepers that bail out the defenders quite a lot when the when the defence is breached, they'll make a lot of they'll make a lot of big saves. They'll have some man of the match performances. We haven't really seen that with Ramsdale yet this season, in the same way we did with Dean Henderson the season before. And my final point is the injuries in certain areas. They've been a bit unlucky with injuries and one in particular is Jack O'Connell, left centre back, Brilliant last season for most of it. Probably the, arguably their best of the three uh, of the back three can make an argument for that. But he was a, he was a regular regardless on the left hand side. Start of this season, long term injury hasn't has barely featured. Still out with that long term injury, and defensive organisation just isn't as good. So, defence. So areas of the transfer market, unfortunate injuries, second season syndrome, people finding them out a bit downgrade in the in the goalkeeping department and also I think Definitely I think prob- and probably under probably an understated one is the fans because and someone made a really good point that uh the Sheffield United camaraderie with, that Chris Wilder has integrated into the system is is all about team togetherness and off the pitch they all go to the pub or they all go for a meal or they you know they socialize outside of training and outside of playing matches and they haven't been able to do that because of Coronavirus uh, restrictions that, that prevented people from meeting up as freely as they would have wanted to. So maybe the camaraderie is taking a hit there. And also, of course, with coronavirus, fans can't come on to cheer the team on. And Sheffield United is a family club. It feels like, as you said, it was an overachievement to come up in the first place. They didn't outspend everyone in the division. They didn't come up as the, you know, being a team that everyone expected to come up. And then when they're there, the fans are loving it. The fa- the players and the fans have a special bond. Wild Wilder has reinforced, being a Sheffield United fan, he wants to his team and his players to have that bond with the fans. So that's been taken away. The camaraderie has been taken away. And then all the more uh, normal factors that we discuss about, the transfer uh, market uh, errors and the, the injuries, I think, as you say, it's all a big cluster mess. I was going to swear that it's all a big cluster mess.
1: Um, <laughs> Like a perfect storm. Pretty yes,
0: much. perfect. That's a better way of saying it, yeah. Um, because I think some, some clubs probably benefit from... Oh, sorry. Some clubs probably have stronger ramifications when the fans aren't there. And I think Sheffield United is probably one of those. I actually think Burnley is probably one of those as well, my team. But I think Sheffield United is as well. Uh, it probably affects other clubs a bit less. I mean, arguably, Mikel Arteta and Arsenal benefited this season by not having fans on because some of the football at times was really poor. And now they've turned that around. I'm sure they'd want the fans back. But when teams are in the in a bad position, usually you don't, some, particularly the bigger teams, you don't want the fans there. But in Sheffield United's case, I think they'd galvanise the team. I don't think they'd get on the back. I think they'd galvanise them. And maybe they'd be about three or four points better off just through the fans pushing them on being the, being the 12th man.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that definitely made a difference. You're right, the and those team meet, those team meals, and all those kind of things. Those are, those make a difference. Those make a difference, especially for those for the teams that are, you know, just fighting to stay up, and you know all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that they make a difference. uh And yeah, but I'm I'm sure they'll do well when they go when, when back in the championship next year. um yeah. I'm sure they will.
0: Yeah. And Um, I mean, mean, just just to finish this kind of section, I think it's almost, look. I I wrote a piece on this actually, look for inspiration with Norwich and Daniel Farker. I mean, Daniel Farker did a really good job getting Norwich up against all odds. They spent nothing in the transfer market, literally nothing. Well, a bit more than literally nothing, but they spent very little money uh, on incoming players. And they went down with a bit of a whimper in the end. But now they're looking like, at the, sitting near the top sitting at the top of the championship now they're looking like they're going to go up on the straight away first attempt kept most of the squad kept the manager going back up from the championship uh, hopefully they for them they'll get into the Premier League next season and they might learn from the experience that they had before and they might benefit from keeping the, everything quite together
2: yeah they might yeah I think they might and
1: yeah uh, they'll have the parachute payments and everything they'll be able to recruit and if they're smart i think if they're smart they would recruit some players now for next season so they can integrate them into the team Mm -hmm. uh and you know this is what i'm saying they can try things out for next season yeah now because they're probably not going to stay up so even if it doesn't come off well it doesn't matter because they can they're not going to stay up so um yeah that's what that's right I think I think I think they'll do what they'll do fine next season. And oh. They'll probably kind of promotion again. Yeah,
2: say. absolutely. So.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, more relevant uh, this week, I guess, is the FA Cup. it has been some, as we were saying before, there's only been one real upset. Well, two two upsets in a way, actually. Now I think about it, the Chor- Chorley beat uh, Derby County by two goals to nil, but it was a Derby Academy team, so whether. That's quite the same. as another thing, but hey, you know, Chorley still remarkably did remarkably well to get the hat in the uh, the name in the hat of the next round, and they've done remarkably well there. And also, Chorley Town winning against Leeds by three goals to nil. Uh, so fair play to them as well. Also, Mark Wright of Towie, or formerly of Towie, coming off the bench for the only Ways Essex. Public uh, of the only Ways Essex coming off the bench for Crawley Town in that game which is quite remarkable but I suppose there's a general question really because everyone knows the results we will talk about some of them in a bit I mean do you think the FA Cup still has its sparkle when the fans aren't in the ground to appreciate those matches I think there's always something that you lose with the fans not being there mm. I mean this competition more than ever though isn't it I felt especially, I mean especially the
1: game the uh, the marine game today yeah yes yeah. That game would have been. I think it might have been a different game if, if the fans had been there. Um, it, it just it just changes things. It, it changes for the small for the smaller teams. It really helps if they're yeah. playing at home uh, yeah. to have their supporters there. So mm. yeah, and it does lose something. Football generally loses something when the fans are Yeah, of course, course it um, does. Of course it does. it's not it's not the same. But the the competition itself, I still love the FA Cup. Yeah, I've got a, a affection for it.
0: You prefer it. Uh, you prefer it to the Carabao Cup, I
1: imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like for I me, mean, there's a lot of history with the FA Cup. You know, yeah. there's an amazing yeah. history with the FA Cup, and as a you know, my own team has won it a wow. few times, and it was yeah. the first trophy that I saw. Chelsea lift, like
2: 1997.
1: Yeah, yeah. before armor of it. You know, um, but there's a magic about the cup, um, yeah. and I I a lot of time for it. I love to. I love a good cup run. I love getting to the final. I love winning it. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a fun it's a fun competition, you know. And it's of course it's lost its place a little bit because of the Champions League and things, mm. but and the top 4, you know, yes. and being that being almost more important. Um I still wouldn't mind it wouldn't mind the Champions League place going to the FA Cup winner because I think that would make it a different It league. would
0: make it a bigger incentive. It's currently the Europa yeah. League I think, isn't it, that goes to. Yes, yeah, the totally um, Europa League. So it's yeah. something at least, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I I love it. I love watching the FA Cup, so um, especially when especially the earlier rounds because there's small teams. Um, I did an interview with Peter Drury last year, yeah, and he's one of the favorite games that he's covered were um early rounds of the FA Cup with small teams, yeah, yeah, Especially when when the small teams play the big teams and stuff, those are the games that he loves the most to commentate on because uh, it's more like real football, so and, and I agree with him, I think that's a I think it's a, I think it's 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 a great competition, yeah. Because it, you can have those teams that are fifteen divisions below mm. playing a Premier League team, you know, and it, mm. it, that doesn't happen in any other no country, you know. It's the, it's, uh, it's brilliant.
0: I mean, you've got the you also, I mean, with the Marine thing uh, game today against Tottenham, I do I do did think it was quite good in a sense because the fans. Well, they weren't allowed to be there, but certain people were watching from the sidelines and they were watching from the gardens, which were right next to the Marine Stadium. And again, in the Chorley game on Saturday, there was there were two fans who were watching from a cherry picker, which was just outside, which again was quite amusing to see. And people improvising, I guess, amid, amid the pandemic in terms of being able to see the football uh, that is unfolding. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's nice to hear that, I suppose, from your perspective as a Chelsea fan. Of course, many people these days, the fans of the top clubs, would look at Premier League. No, they'd probably look at Champions League, then Premier League, or yeah, I suppose you can flip a coin with yeah, that. I mean, yeah,
2: then...
1: yeah, as a top four team, you as a big team, with big players, big ambitions, you want to be in the Champions League mm. every year. Mm. And that's a that's a magic competition in its own way.
0: Of course it is,
2: yeah.
1: Um, I think, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Um but I still love to win the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a trophy, you know, at the end of the day.
0: And I mean you saw Mikel Arteta win it last year and he was but he was overjoyed to winning such a trophy in his not even his first season, but you know, the EFA felt I think that did give them the, the Europa League, didn't it? Uh I think that get that, that gave yeah, them the, exactly. the access to the Europa League. So for him, it was great. Yes,
1: and um, always a, always a chance that a team can run together and get to the final, you know, like yeah. Wigan. Mm.
0: So yeah. Like, yeah, got to the yeah. final and like
1: they Manchester City. You know, and so there's always a chance that can happen in the FA Cup.
0: And Portsmouth, is it as well? As Portsmouth a, few, a, a while ago.
1: So it can happen mm. in the FA Cup. Um, mm. Although, for well, the last few years, it's been kind of the big teams that have won it. But, uh, mm. Mm. yeah, you haven't earned the FA Cup.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like you say, we've only had really two notable upsets and Chelsea won 4-0 against Morecambe. And I actually saw with... Uh, with Chelsea went very quite strong, I think, with their team. Manchester City went incredibly strong with their team. I mean, I anticipated a few changes. Uh, they started with Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Cancelo, Walker, Diaz, Mendy, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, Jesus and Mares. So yeah. that's... Uh, <laughs> I did expect more changes I must be honest uh, against a Birmingham team that aren't pulling up too many trees in the championship I did think that it would be an opportunity to give a rest but I suppose when you look at that from Guardiola one he's showing respect to the opposition but also he he just I think he just wants to win everything doesn't he because he he's, he's won the domestic treble once, and yeah I mean that that's such a signal of intent isn't it from Guardiola and, and, and in that way it's keeping the momentum going, not taking anyone for granted. I think with Chelsea and Frank Lampard, putting, who, who played quite a, they feel quite a strong team as well. I think that was more a case of getting confidence back a little bit for some of those players, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and I I, made, I, 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 I agree with that, the, the Lampard selection. I mean, a lot of Chelsea fans wanted to meltdown when there wasn't like three or four academy players starting. But oh. I, I, was, I was, you know, Chelsea are low on confidence. They're in bad form. They needed a win, yeah. and they needed to, to get some confidence. And some players were out of form, so they needed to play for confidence.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and you know, played off. Timo Werner scored. I have not scored and got an assist as well. Uh, and you know, that was good for them. Uh, Ziyech got minutes coming back from injury, which looked, and started to look really good towards the end of the game. Uh, yeah. Um, so so and they won four 0 so. yeah, yeah. So you know, so, yeah, good job. It's like a good first step back to form. You know. it's...
0: Uh, yeah. And then, and then for Manchester City, it's it's probably different, isn't it? It's probably more related to simply simply just going out, entertaining, winning in a convincing fashion, and not and I suppose not taking anyone for granted because they could have made about eight changes there, probably still won the game one or two nil, but. I guess Guardiola is is a serial winner, isn't he? So, yeah. after a sluggish start as well that they've had, you know, he's, he's, he's just got, he's just, he just wants to take the season by storm. Now, I actually put them now as probably title favourites at this point.
1: Yeah, I think but, I, I'm putting them as title favourites now. The last few games, hmm. they've looked themselves again, and their hmm. defence is rock solid now. Ruben uh, Diaz, isn't it?
0: A Ruben, Ruben Diaz came did, in. A
1: few difference is coming. Coming through with one of the stylings of the season, you know, um, looking like... Is there defence? And John Stone's resurgence as well, you know. Yeah, um,
2: yeah.
1: Which is yeah. so... Yeah, I know we're not talking about City, but, but it's related to the FA Cup, isn't it? Yeah, no, <laughs> so, it,
0: is, uh, it is, and it's, it's true. Um, no, it is. And uh, and again, using that platform to just, sort, I suppose, I suppose see, keep going. I mean, my team Burnley always have a trouble with cup competitions, and Sean Dyke actually fielded quite a strong team, and it still was, na- was nearly not enough. Uh, that it was a penalty shootout with Phil Bardsley scoring the winner against MK Dons. Um, oh, a, actually we do have another sort. We do have another upset actually, and it did slip my mind. It yeah, uh, it didn't feel like an upset, but it quite clearly is that Blackpool beat West Brom on penalties five penalties to four after a two two in in normal time. And when we talk about getting confidence back, it's quite funny. Well, it's not quite funny if you're a West Brom fan, but you know. I suppose Sam Allardyce himself is probably looking at that game thinking, right, this is an opportunity to get a bit of a, get a win under the belt. Um, We haven't had one yet and obviously Black, they took Blackpool a bit for granted, I think, and the selection, I don't think they fielded a striker to start with, which was a bit strange. Blackpool played really, really well by all accounts and then, and then you know, and, and it goes to penalties. You think this could be West Brom's time? Then terrible penalty from Dean Garner, I think, as well. Uh, the signing, I think it was Dean Garner. Might be slandering the wrong player there. Um, but there was a, they missed two penalties, I think, in that in that game. And it was, uh, yeah, it was it was not too pretty for Big Sam. I mean, it's quite mm. funny actually with Allardyce. Uh, I know again, it's sort of deviating, but good opportunity in the cup to get the points. Sort of took Blackpool for granted. It looked like a little bit. Uh, with the selection, and it's quite funny because when they got the point at Anfield, and many people have commented on this. Big uh, Sam Allardyce was saying, "Oh, I noticed this, I noticed this, I noticed that, I noticed this." And then when they lost two games in a row, he said, "Oh, we need to do improve defensively. We need to do a lot better at the back. We need to improve." So it's quite amusing how uh, the pronoun changes depending on what the result is. Um, in many uh, ways, but. Uh, exactly. Yeah, um, and he the did, one
1: that's just happened now in the FA Cup is um, yeah. Newport uh, equalised. Yeah, against Brighton, 96 isn't it? And 96th minute
0: against, yeah. against
2: Brighton. Yeah.
0: Uh, Newport, <laughs> Newport. Again, uh, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully that does go through. Uh, again, hopefully we we'll, we'll probably know when this goes out, but hopefully that does lead to something, because we do like to see uh, upsets in this competition, I think. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's it's uh yeah, that's the that's the FA Cup. And and I, I do have a, I do have quite a fondness to it. I think one of the reasons actually why the FA Cup does get a bit of slander is because when the Carabao Cup comes out, it takes up the first half of the season and then people are a bit fed up of the cup because you know they say, Oh, well, we're trying to focus on the league or there's the Champions League, and then another cup comes in. And I think people just think, Are we a bit do we have a bit of a cup o- over uh overdose in many ways? Um but I don't know, I think do you, do you think the Carabao Cup maybe does something to 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 sort of dilute the effect of the FA Cup because it, being two cup competitions in many countries it's just the one cup competition and having two maybe is a bit too much.
2: I like the League Cup. I like the League Cup. It's um it's a it's a good chance
1: to win a trophy early on in the season. It can give a bit of momentum Mm -hmm. to the team. Uh, I always find it interesting how big clubs like to win it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Jose Mourinho likes to win it
2: Mm.
1: because he feels like it gives his team a taste of winning and a bit of confidence going to the second half of the season. Cap Guardiola loves to win it. He's won it three three times in a row. Um, Probably for the same reasons. It's just, but yeah, I I don't I don't think it distracts from the FA Cup. It's a different mm. different trophy. Yeah, uh, and I, I I understand why people think that, and I understand why some people want to get rid of it. Um, but it can be good for you yeah, know the football league clubs as well. It's more. I than think it could
0: the... be innovated. I think it could be innovated. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll mention this
1: before. yeah, I think the semi-finals being one leg is a good idea. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it needed to be, Everton needed to be two leg semis. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: I think just keeping it to one. Mm. Um, but um, I think the FA Cup is a bigger competition anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's never been in doubt. I mean, mm. um, it's nice to have another trophy. I think it's nice to have another trophy to win, like another opportunity to win a trophy.
0: Oh no, yeah. I, I I would probably agree with you there, to be honest. Uh it, on, on the whole, but 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 again, just playing devil's advocate a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> final position on the uh on the eleven tree. Uh top five strikers in the Premier League. Yeah, slightly different uh feel this time. I think this is a bit more difficult because I've touched on this before. I think the main the best strikers are probably if I had to choose a league, either well. I mean, Haaland and Lewandowski are two of the best in the in Europe, so you could say Germany. But then in, in Serie A, you've got Lukaku, Ronaldo, Ibrahimović, who's just come back from his slightly lengthy injury. Um, so you've got three very top-end uh, top, top end players there. Immobile is also very consistent, though probably not in the elite striker bracket. Then in And then in La Liga, you've got Benzema, who continues to deliver for Real Madrid all the time. Messi, if he actually wants to play there, but usually more at right wing. Suarez done fantastically well since moving to Atletico, and then I look at I look at the Premier League, and there's only one to me that stands out as being among those sort of elite top five. Yeah, and that's Harry Kane. So isn't it? I mean, that's the right <laughs> now. Even looking ahead two years, and and Kane is, by the way, up there with probably almost all of them I'd probably only say maybe Lewandowski and Ronaldo are probably a, a bit better than Kane but
2: yeah
0: I mean that's yeah, still that's some feat
1: yeah um, I think you're right yeah that's right I mean it's not even a debate really who the best striker in the Premier League is, is no it? no <laughs> I mean I think it's, it's more <laughs> I think yeah. every, every single person would agree on on, on Harry Kane I think, I, don't a, think I think yeah. it's
0: yeah I I think Um, he's great, though, isn't it? It's not even about... I mean, We talk about how the strikers evolved a little bit and you can't just be... I mean, you can just be a goal scorer, actually. Well, you can, and you you can just be a goal scorer, and that works for other players. Certainly, number two on my list, I think, looks well for... But I I think with Kane, it's just the the whole package because he can be a goal scorer, he can be a creator, he does work hard... He, when he goes into those little pockets of space, I'm not going to say, well, I can, actually, I kind of think he's got almost Lionel Messi vision. Okay, he's a lot bigger, bulkier, and not as silky. He doesn't move like Lionel Messi, certainly, of, of years gone by. Far from it. Not at all. Not 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 this, Not in the silky frame, body frame that Messi has. He's not as delicate on the ball, but his vision is excellent. And if he just gets a two, one or two yards space, Looks up and Youngman's son, who he's combined with so much, is making a run. He could pick him out because he is—he's he, not, as we say, he's not just. He can be the goal scorer. He's very clinical in front of goal. Can easily get twenty plus goals as in that season at Tottenham. And I mean, if he was at Manchester City, for example, I think it'd be scary just what he might be able to do. He stayed injury free, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not that he's the fastest. It's not that he's the most skillful, but technically in terms of a creator, he's fantastic and in front of goal, he's ruthless.
1: Absolutely. You said it all. Any team in world football would, would want him, pretty much.
0: Mm. Mm. I mean, Bayern Munich because, uh, might have a he, bit of he, trouble with Muller doing so well just behind and Lewandowski is their guy. Also, obviously, with Juventus. Yeah, I'm, Juventus?
1: yeah, I'm, yeah. Obviously, obviously, accepting, probably, accepting, um, you know, those teams You've already got you've got the teams that have got Lewandowski or Ronaldo or whatever. I mean, course, to be fair,
0: it could be in a four four two with Ronaldo. I, you know, there, there's an argument it could be in a four four two with Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, you know, I yeah. think you're right about Harland as well. He'll he'll, he'll probably end up being oh, yeah. the best striker in the world oh, within two or three years. Yeah, um,
0: and Mbappe when he plays, they're also phenomenal. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, it's, it's an interesting thing like coming up with this top five because not
0: I don't I think. think- yeah. I two, three, four, and five are near those. No, 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 yeah. Can't.
1: I couldn't include him by my own because we included him as a winger. Oh. Uh and there was another one which we included as a winger that we could
0: Rashford. Uh, could,
1: Rashford, yeah, that's
0: yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah. uh you know, and so yeah. it, it it does get
0: uh, you know, I think this is interesting. Okay, number for, certainly. I with number two I've gone for uh I mean it is I don't think it's too shocking to be fair. That, I, that this is number two for me. But I've gone Jamie Vardy because Jamie Vardy is, is someone who, he's just, he just phenomenally consistent for a non-top-six team. He's, you always back him to get roughly 20 goals a season. Yep. Last season, he got the golden boot. And I suppose when I talk about just being a clinical finisher, I don't think, again, is Vardy skillful. I, I don't think he's not skillful. I don't think it's the first thing that comes to you, to mind. He's not someone who beats two or three players uh with his with his bag of tricks. Is he creative? No, not really, I don't think. He, you know, I think I think usually the creation in Leicester Steve James Madison, Mark Albright, and someone else. I don't think it's r- usually Jamie Body. But blistering pace, so any high defense is terrified. Uh, Because he yeah you just and and he very very clinical. It's weird with Vardy actually. I think someone commented on this. He doesn't always finish almost with his with his finishing technique. It's almost it hits it so hard. Often instead of going for placement, it's usually rocket shots or or thunderbolts. Instead of placement, it's thunderbolts, and he hits it. He tries to take the leather off the ball almost, but he's so accurate with those finishes and. As I say, the, the goals speak for themselves and he'll probably be one of the most, under I'm going to say, under underappreciated strikers in the past five years in the Premier League, uh, such are his numbers. And there's no one better apart from Kevin. Absolutely from the
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I wrote Jamie Roy very, very highly. Always have. Um, and
2: Do,
0: so is he your number two he, as well?
1: Then? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a toss-up between him and Aguero because Aguero's been so good for Manchester City, mm-hmm. and on his day, he is still a top striker. Mm-hmm. But just the consistency, um, you know, Aguero's been injured a lot in the last yes. year or so. Um, yeah. Like, and you've got to give it to Jamie Vardy. He's quality. He's yeah, absolutely. And then the way that and Brendan Rodgers been very, very clever with him. In how he sets up Leicester to play because he plays he plays through strength, yeah. and um, it, it works, you know. And yeah, he's a threat. He's always a threat because he's so he's still really quick, mm. and he's clinical, clinical finisher. Um, yeah. And his movements excellent. His, the timing of his run is always perfect, mm. uh, and he's getting better with age. I mean, um, yeah. it would have been. I think it would have been fascinating to see him at a you know, one of the bigger clubs to see how he did. I thought that's true he would have been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but um he's been fantastic for Leicester. Um yeah. it'd be very difficult yeah. for them to replace him, you know, when he when he eventually retires or leaves or whatever. Um, yeah. because uh he's 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 fantastic.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean I've gone I've gone with a at three on the basis that if I saw if I saw Aguero in the starting lineup for Manchester City next week. You know, I, if I was play, if I was facing Aguero, I'd be I'd be quite concerned still because I think he's probably lost a lot of that blistering pace that he used to have. But what he probably won't have lost is his nimble footwork, his ability to finish a ball. I mean, just last season he was out. I mean, he was outstanding in in periods. He got a hat trick against Aston Villa just before the lockdown, and he's been struggling, as you say, with injuries since then and he's always had that Aguero, even throughout his Manchester City time. There's always been a, f- a few injury concerns along the way, I think. This time at the moment, it seems to be longer than it has been in the past, which makes some people think this might be his final season and City might not choose to renew his contract. I think the thinking the there is, if, there is the op- if they do think that Aguero can overcome his injuries, there's not too many better strikers that they could go and replace him with. Even at the age that he's at now, yes, he might have lost his pace, but to stand around in the 18 yard box, to finish the ball, to link up with his teammates, I don't think there's many better. I think not many better in the league. I think there's quite a few better actually across Europe, but they cost a lot of money. The names we've mentioned that are attainable, Holland, well, Holland's got the 62 buyout clause, but you know, it's gonna a lot of competition. Probably won't go to City as well with the Raiola things. And is Lewandowski's quite old now. Ronaldo's quite old now. Ibrahimovic is ancient but he's still doing phenomenally well. Suarez quite old. Uh, Lukaku not fit not suited to Manchester City's play. Giao Felix probably looking at hundred million plus. I think that that'll be that'll be one that they would they'll
1: look at on the price.
0: But it, but if they do if they do replace Aguero, it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, oh, it is absolutely, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah,
1: that's right. Um, I agree with everything you said about about possible replacements, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so,
0: it, let, let's yeah. be real. If Aguero's not injured now and he can play at his capacity, you still expect him to get twenty or close to twenty goals, wouldn't you? you maybe, yeah, not, would, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not twenty five like he you know maybe could have done a few years ago where he was absolutely dynamic and ruthless but cuz he won't be that he won't be as fast anymore it's just understandable but i think he still he'll still have the know-how the ability to finish a ball even if he's lost a bit of that pace and a bit of that dynamism yeah i think he get i think he get 18 goals in that in, 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 if he played most of this premier league season i think he could do that probably with his eyes closed
2: Mm, yeah
0: so yeah uh, that's top three i think four and five become quite challenging um so i'll let you go with four and five first
1: uh well, I have to think about this a lot it's, it's not it's not easy at all uh oh. you know um and eventually the one i settled on for fourth is, is somebody who's currently injured actually
2: oh uh, wow okay that's interesting uh, um,
1: but I rate him really, really highly. He's been fantastic for Wolves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quite big,
0: ironic that. I've also <laughs> got the same.
1: been a big part of... it um, has <laughs> been a big part of their success. Yes. The last couple of years. He's had big clubs chasing him, you know.
2: Um, yeah. Raul Jimenez. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's a fantastic striker. Old-fashioned. Um, sorry? Old-fashioned as
0: well, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's like your old target man, you know, he's like he's strong, powerful, you know, leads the line well, you know, but a really good finisher. And, mm. Um mm-hmm. he fits Wall's style of play perfectly. They've missed him since he's been in Yeah.
0: Injured.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully he makes a full recovery and
0: I mean, if he was played at Chelsea now, it it'd be great, wouldn't it, you think, if he wasn't in Yeah, I
1: said last year when Chelsea were linked with strikers and things, I was he was one of the ones that I thought we should Chelsea should 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 look at because he he fits how we want to play perfectly, you know.
0: Uh, and uh, yeah, not many. And not many. Raúl Jiménez, Romelu Lukaku about, is there? the sort of as we say no, that you know Conte. Conte was no. so eager, wasn't he, when he was at Chelsea, Antonio Conte, to get Lukaku in. And then he was so eager when he was at Inter to get Lukaku in, and he did.
2: Yeah, I think he I was so it, eager
0: oh. because there's not there's not enough there's not enough options for that position around. This is a, a top end. There
1: aren't any, There aren't many strikers like that nowadays.
0: No, there aren't. Um,
1: mm. And partly, part of that is I, I suspect because of um, how players are coached. Part mm. of it's how football has changed.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, more people play a passing style of football. Mm-hmm. Um, more people people play with a kind of false nine or a or an Aguero type striker who's not really the kind of the Clarky type. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. It's not it's football's changed. You know, I mean um, Olivier um Olivia another type of those one of those kind of strikers as well. Mm. Uh I think he's I think he's excellent actually. He's mm. not in my top five, but he.
2: no he really
1: is excellent at what he does. Um he but there's not many of those kind of strikers left.
2: Um, so, yeah. so who is number five then,
1: Ted? Well, this was a difficult one. There could have been a few. Um mm. Um and I've really to be honest I've really got on form of the last like I suppose the last year or so um, with this one, yeah. Because there was a few, there was a few people I thought about. Um,
0: I mean, Timo Werner, arguably, but I.
1: Well, I yeah, know. that's the thing I was going to say. Timo Werner. If Timo Werner was playing like he did at Leipzig, then he would have been. He would have been there. I yeah. Once he yeah. settles yeah. and he once he settles and he starts playing like that and starts scoring goals again, like he was at Leipzig, I think like he will. because He's a class player. Then, yeah. he would, then he could make that top five, definitely. Um, but right now, he's not quite there. So, um, yeah. Uh, and obviously, Tony Abraham had a good season last year. Um, he's having a good season this year, even though he's not starting every game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't include Firmino in this because I no. he's not really. Yeah, I don't really count him as a striker. No,
2: I've not really included
1: him in this. I don't, I don't count him as... He's not really still not a goal scorer
2: no. in
1: the same way the others are. Um, mm. so in the end I kinda of went I went with um uh Dominic Calvert Lewin. Mm. Mm. Because he's in the last year or so, especially under Carlo Ancelotti, he's been he's really developed really improved as a player. He's all around games improved. Um, he's scoring more goals, you know. Yeah. It's not yeah. just a run of form. I don't think it's just a run of form. He's always been a talented player. Hmm.
2: Uh, hmm.
1: And, yeah, he, he's basically kind of solved Everton's goal-scoring problem
2: yeah.
1: uh, under Antwerp
0: Yeah, I also, I also um, went with Calvert-Lewin as well, actually. I just think that he is a, like you say, I mean, I think Calvert-Lewin at Manchester United could be a real coup if they managed to sort something out there. If they were linked with him, I saw, just, I think it was just a random speculation thing but I did think it would make a lot of sense if they can't get someone like Haaland with Calvert-Lewin holds the ball up well he's fairly
2: quick I agree it would be great yeah no it would yeah. be very good he'd be he'd be very good
1: and he wouldn't be yeah. defensive as well well on how. No. Hard. depends if you if Harlan's bike clause is about 60 million so I don't know how yeah. I don't know I don't know whether whether Calvert Loom would be that much, but it would be. you would be 40 or fifty million at least. Yeah, yeah, he would.
0: Uh, oh, you absolutely would. I would
1: negotiation um, as well. Remember?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, on to y- y- results around Europe now, and um, I've been quite a few actually. Probably headline by uh, by Munich slip up in Germany, which wasn't capitalised upon by anyone, which is quite frustrating. Um, from a neutral point of view, at least, and yeah, they lose three two to Borussia Mönchengladbach, two 2-0 down. Borussia Mönchengladbach, mm. you think you f- you feel the worst for them? Come back to win by three goals to two, including a very good winning goal by Florian Neuerhaus. And it's quite I mean, quite incredible that the team come back from two nil down against Bayern. It usually it's the other way around, and that's if yeah. they're lucky but yeah quite remarkable and in in other results, yeah, it, it, it's,
1: it's, well, it's they're having a good season much in their back you know they're are uh, they are doing really well um Marco rose is a really good really good young man here mm-hmm. um, doing an excellent job
0: yeah yes yeah no they they do as we say done, done uh doing a very good job, and i mean. It's a shame, really, because I say that in, in Germany that happens. And then there was a lack of uh, lack of desire from the opponents, it seemed, to capitalise upon that. Leipzig could have gone top. They took on Brussia Dortmund. They lost at home by three goals to one. Eileen Haaland yeah, and Jadon Sancho yeah. turning up. Haaland double. Sancho goal.
1: Yeah, um, one of those goals that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he was trying... He shows he's he's very big and powerful and strong, good in the air, whatever, but he's also good on the ball. <laughs> um, so he uh, that was a good that was a really good goal. Yeah, good was off yes. for Dortmund.
0: Yes, uh, I mean it is. It's a you know phenomenal, as we say, phenomenal result. Well, really good result for Dortmund. Very annoying from the neutral point of view. Also Leverkusen with a chance to go joint top with Bayern. Draw one one with Werder Bremen. And it's just yeah, it's just quite frustrating to see from the neutral perspective. But yeah, Bayern cling on to the top still in Germany, and Paris Saint Germain beating Brest by three goals to nil as well. Kylian Mbappe, man of the match, performance including a fantastic assist actually that he did for Mauro Riccardi. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino's era getting off to a decent start. Uh, after that draw, they're now convincing win over Brest, which was needed. And now just one point off Leon at the top of the league and table. Lille on 39 points as well, winning against Nîmes 1-0. So it's quite tight. Title race in France and Monaco just behind on 33 points. Uh, not much to add there, I don't think too much, other than maybe what I mean, we talked about Pochettino a little bit last week, but do we think that now that Pochettino's in, will that give any more reason for Mbappé or Neymar to sign an extension? Or do you think that Mbappé could still be on his way before the end of his current contract? Um,
1: well, I think Neymar I think Wolves we'll stay. Uh, looks like there was issues with Tuchel, um, which yeah. is not so with the players and boards and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Neymar definitely will, will stay. But it's an interesting one because I, think, I don't think he wants to spend his whole career at, at uh, PSG. No. Uh, I think he wants to go to um, I, think he, I think he wants to go to Real Madrid. I think, I think Real Madrid want him. Uh, it's not whether they can afford him or not. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I don't think he wants to stay in the French League his whole career. I think he wants to you know, maybe he wants to go to the Premier League. I mean, it would be great to see him in the Premier League. Honestly, it would, uh, although I prefer it to be with my team than, than any other team. Uh, <laughs> I think pretty much all the big fan, all, the, all the fans of the big clubs would want him here, but as part of their team, not another team, <laughs> um, yes. because he's so good. Um, and he probably would take some time to adapt to the Premier League
2: yeah. because
1: of the, the physicality of it. But, um, but once he adapted, he would be, I mean, he's, he's a world-class player. So yes, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of him back, So, and I hope he moves to a different league, just so that we can see him play against more competitive opponents. Uh, mm. And you know, and I'd like, and you know, I'd like him to come to the Premier League, but I'd also like to see him go to Madrid as well, because um, yeah. just seeing, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a fan of European football. I, I just, there's something about Madrid when they have all the best players there playing together, and, and it works. It's not working at the moment, but it can work. Um, yeah, I mean, because even how has been injured, and you know, now the Madrid press are kind of writing him off a little bit, which is bit mm. unfair mm. on him um, because he's been injured most of the time he's been there. Mm. It's not really his fault. So uh, yeah, um, and I'm sure that Madrid will, will sign somebody next summer because they didn't sign anyone last summer. So uh, yeah,
2: partly, no, sure. That's
1: partly bad. but I'm sure that they'll sign somebody. Um, yeah. next summer. Yeah. The fans uh, the fans
0: expect it. What kind of the, oh, they do. They do. Uh they absolutely do. And I think that um it is also a fantastic title race in, in Italy as well. And we've talked about the Milan versus Milan aspect of it. Um Inter versus AC Milan, forty points versus thirty seven. It is you know quite um Quite a tight race, but Inter drawing 2-2 in this weekend against Roma. 2-1 uh, up gave it away at the end, but Milan, without Ibrahimovic for quite a while now, but he's just made his comeback from the bench, uh, winning 2-0 against Torino. So that's a big result for them, really, to keep them three points ahead of their Milan rivals. And... Yeah, I mean, Inter have a slightly higher goal difference. AC Milan have Europa League, um, Europa League responsibilities. Roma are actually just behind Inter with 34 points. So it's not like Inter drew against a particularly bad team. And then Juventus on 33 with a game in hand. So, yeah, it's potentially quite an interesting title race. That And obviously, while pilo is a novice manager, Ronaldo is one of the best forwards, if not the best forward in European football and they have a lot of good young players and is not afraid to use them young players usually or or try out new tactics quite simply because he's quite mellow I think in his managerial approach quite the opposite to Maurizio Sarri was a lot more tailored to a philosophy but Pirlo coming in with fresh ideas doesn't know if they'll work (laughs) you know he's tried a few multiple formations out this season so far, some have worked, some haven't he's tried multiple personnel, some have worked, some haven't so, if any, if it's going to be fun, if if at least for anyone who's associated with Juventus at the moment,
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting. Interesting, yeah. He's he's been a smart, Perlo in in how he's recruited his staff. He's got experienced staff around him mm. uh, to help him, he, and he's got the advantage of obviously his reputation as a player, his reputation with the, with the fans, uh, his reputation at the club. So he gets that respect um, instantly. Yeah, it looks like he's 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 been quite shrewd. Some of the players they've brought in have been good, and you're right. He's got a lot of young players there,
2: Mm.
1: and he's getting. You know, he knows how important Ronaldo is. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think him being quite a malleable personality helps with the management of Ronaldo because when you've got a kind of intense manager working with Ronaldo, that probably doesn't work um, because of the clash of personalities that inevitably happens. Yeah. So, uh, and you've got to be accommodating to Ronaldo because he is world-class and he is their best player. Yes. So uh, you've, got to, you've got to do that. And he seems looks like he's doing that. So, yeah, yeah it'll be an interesting title race in Italy. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, it be interesting to see Antonio Conte work with, um, work with Ronaldo. Uh, oh, but but to be fair to be fair I mean Ronaldo is <laughs> but Ronaldo has the physique to be the target man doesn't he I suppose in a way he's got the height the physique the 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 pace to run behind yeah
1: I'm just thinking of the clash of egos
0: yes I think oh, it's a, is a fair yeah. point yeah um, absolutely and I think yeah. as well with Pep Guardiola he's another coach phenomenal coach but you don't see him get or at least when he's had a player of very big ego, Alas Latin Ibrahimovic of two thousand and nine, at the time didn't work out, did it? Because the you know, so I think Guardiola actually builds wonderful teams, but he needs players without that ego. So it, whether Ronaldo would be good for Guardiola is another one as well. Because Guardiola, I think Ibrahimovic wrote in his book actually he wants everyone to be the pupils while he's the teacher, and some of the uh, some of the people with egos of course. Cool it
1: interesting as well that these players that often have egos. Yeah, um, yeah Ibrahimovic. Ronaldo, whatever, always speak well of Jose Mourinho. Yeah,
2: yeah, and e- love working Eto'o with him. Well.
1: So really, yeah. Etto as well. They always seem to like working with Mourinho, and I think I think that's a, definitely a personality thing. I mean, Mourinho's got a big ego as well, you know. Yes, um, but he he seems to have the respect of other players that have big egos. Yeah, so interesting dynamic there, and he likes yes. his teams to have big, strong characters in it. Yeah, and I think actually that's one of the reasons he doesn't last long at clubs because he almost encourages conflict in the dressing yes. room in a yes. way, like, and um, and so that works in a over a couple of two or three years, but eventually you fall out, so mm. uh, that's probably why he doesn't last longer than two or three years at a club because mm. and it'll be the same at Spurs, it won't be any different at Spurs, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so. Um, he'll do, I'm saying he'll do, a, he'll, do a, he'll win some things at Spurs maybe maybe get in the Champions League whatever but he won't but then it'll, it'll, it'll end the same way and they they probably know that as well to be honest
0: yeah no I, 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 can, I can imagine so I can imagine so and anyway yeah I mean it, as I say across Europe as I always say always very Exciting and thrilling and unpredictable. So, yeah, that rounds off uh, this podcast again on iTunes, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and yeah, feel free to check some of the past episodes as well. There are quite a few of them. So, thank you for listening. Bye from me and and also from James.
2: Bye everyone.